Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. If you're an aspiring actor or actress, or you're just curious about how casting works, then you're in for a treat today. I am honored to know the incredible Terry Berland. Terry is an award-winning casting director for on-camera television, voiceover, animation, video games, hosting, theater, and films. Her casting career expands over 25 years, and she's earned her casting awards that include a Clio, the Houston International Film Festival, Art Directors Club, an Addy, and the International Film and Television Festival. She's known for casting legions of commercials throughout the years that have given many actors work, including the Apple iPod Nano, Nike, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, The Voice of the Chihuahua and Taco Bell, love that one, Mercedes, Discover Card, Pepsi, VW, Comcast, HP, and these are just to name a few. Her background as head of casting for the Madison Avenue advertising giant BBDO in New York has lent to her deep understanding and involvement in the advertising industry. She's also the co-author of the number one best-selling book, Breaking Into Commercials, which I'll give you links to go get in the show notes. Through her commercial acting training, she's also known for advancing many actors' careers around the country. She's an industry blog writer for Casting Networks, The Networker, and industry voiceover expert blog writer for Backstage. She does a lot. She just keeps going and going. You can go to her website, berlandcasting.com, and if you want to enroll in one of her workshops, go to workshops.berlandcasting.com. Welcome, Terry. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Great to have you. Man, you've done a lot over your career. On paper, yes, I have. You just keep, you know, one step in front of the other. You keep the enthusiasm um, and you keep going because it's it's fun. Mm. Every day is an adventure. I love that. I love that you're passionate about what you do. So let's talk about how you got into it. What drew you to casting? Well, it was actually um, a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or, um, let's say, an opportunity that was unexpected. Uh, in my very early years of starting to work, I lived in New York City, and I heard there were opportunities in Madison, on Madison Avenue, and I got a job as, at an ad agency, and then I was eyeing the casting department, and I was fortunate enough to be able to switch into the casting department. And I started at the beginning answering phones and learning, really, really, really learning the foundational work. Um, Commercial casting is not that way anymore because there are no casting departments, so people can just really call themselves a casting director and just start casting. Mm. But a lot of mistakes can be made in the beginning. So uh, being a veteran, knowing what you're doing, can really save your clients a lot of money and also less aggravation for the actors. Wow. So obviously it it pays to know what the heck you're doing. And it's, and I'm glad that you made the point that there are people out there who call themselves casting directors, but they have no idea how to negotiate a deal or deal with the ad agency or any of it. 
Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about how you help aspiring actors. What are some tips for people out there listening? Maybe they haven't actually pursued it yet. Maybe they're in a drama program now at school. They're not sure how to break in. What are some tips for breaking in? Well, I find that um, drama departments really don't talk about commercials. Some do who bring in the outside world to their programs, but they're naturally concerned with the foundations of acting. Mm -hmm. And I find that some actors, when they get out of their drama programs, they naturally want to go right into film and television, and they don't even consider commercials. Now, film and television, of course, that's where they want to end up. It's it's meaty. It's sexy. It's, mm. You get credit for that. But they very soon, when they're out in the real world, realize, hey, commercials fit into my acting career, especially in the beginning and not only in the beginning. Very, very, um, it, it has a valuable place. And the reason it's valuable is even though it's not easy, you can launch your career easier by getting a commercial agent, starting to book commercials. How does that make it easier? Tell us. Well, it's easier to get a commercial agent than a theatrical agent. By theatrical, I mean film and television and theater. So you get your agent or you see the breakdowns. Actors now have access to certain breakdowns directly from us through breakdown services that we use. Mm -hmm. Like LA casting, Actors Access, things like that, right? Yes, and nationally and internationally, LA casting is called Casting Networks. Mm -hmm. And they can see some breakdowns directly from us. And commercials in the beginning are more forgiving, for instance, if it's just a look (laughs) or a special (laughs) skill. Right. Like the voice of the Chihuahua. (laughs) Yes, that was definitely a special skill. And Mm -hmm. that person had to have, had to be Latino. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then once you start auditioning for commercials, first of all, if you land one, Every casting director, I have many, many friends who are theatrical casting directors. We go out to dinner, we socialize, and many, many times they'll reference, who is the, com- who is the person in this commercial or that commercial? Mm. Or I like the person in this commercial or that commercial. They are always searching, always searching for new talent, and they, many of them they see in commercials. That's huge. So that's one reason. That's yeah. huge. If That's you a land big reason. It. Yeah. Because what it does is just kind of gives you that face time. It gets you exposure. Absolutely. Now, even if you don't land a commercial, while you're auditioning for commercials, commercials take acting skills. So you are practicing your acting skills in a different venue. Yes. There, we can talk about that a little later. There are similarities and differences to commercial auditioning and acting than theatrical. You're, you're keeping oiled. You're, you're meeting other actors. You're networking. Energetically, you're out there auditioning and in a system mm-hmm. rather than sitting home 
in front of your computer exactly. trying to get jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And and keeping that very, very valuable. Yeah, getting out there, staying active, keeping your skills up, all of that kind of stuff. Well, I want to dive immediately into those differences that you just mentioned between auditioning for a commercial versus auditioning for TV and film. What are those differences? Well, when I teach auditioning for commercials, I teach it as a short scene. Commercials are very short. Okay. And if you studied um, theatrical acting and you study short scenes in that, there's a way to find out what's quote unquote been given to you, um, what hints, so to make choices. Mm-hmm. So with a commercial script, you have to do the same thing. You have to find what's handed to you, what little gifts are given to you to use to reveal who you are and how you feel in less than 30 seconds. So the, the, you really have to get on that mark that you're given and make it very quote unquote real, bring out your personality within the correct venue in 30 seconds, less than 30 seconds, really. Yeah. So that's actually a great exercise. Like how quickly can you access who you want to be, what choices you're going to make this very short period of time? Yeah. And you, you really need guidance to be able to do that. I know one of the things when people come and study with me, within the process, I really get to what empowers you, what energetically, who you are energetically. Everyone is different mm-hmm. and with each person it's it's beautiful. And that's who because it's not who's it's not saying the words, it's who's out there saying the words. Exactly. Who are they gonna cast? They're going to cast a person. And I find a lot of times that actors they have a block to their very deep well of creativity. And under my umbrella, sometimes people then start studying improv with Donovan Scott. And it's not to be funny. It's to get rid of blockages, how you are stopping yourself, censoring yourself, second questioning yourself, as to what you're doing and you mm-hmm. have to get rid of those. So is that one of the most common mistakes that you see when actors come into audition for a commercial is that they're not free with their choices and you can sense that they're holding back? Yes. If someone's not giving a good audition, it would be they're holding back. They don't know how to be real, just how to make, a strong choice, how to execute a strong choice very quickly. They can't second guess themselves. Right. So you got to really go in and just own what you're doing, embrace it and be, be confident. It sounds like. I was just going to say it. You took the word right out of my mouth. (laughs) Be confident. Not only when you're doing the copy or by the way, a a very big thing that actors have to be able to do, which is, the same in commercial, theatrically, is to connect. Even if you're a musician, mm-hmm. if you think about it, the best musicians, they, they 
kind of at some point meld into their instrument. There's not a difference. They connect. Totally. Connecting to the material, a singer, when they connect, and it's the same commercially, even if you don't have a piece of copy and they say, tell us something about yourself, you could stand there and not connect and just say words. But it's the people who even do that well who connect to the experience that they're talking about. A passion comes out, an interest, mm-hmm. a connection. I love that. That's so cool. I love also that you tied it to like music, like being in a group of people making music. And everybody's experienced that to some level. Even if it was just in school and you were all kind of like banging on a on a drum or something, right? You are looking around the room, you're That's connecting right. to other people. We've all had that mm-hmm. experience. Now, I want to talk about getting into the room. So what do you look for? Because if somebody's brand new and they don't have much experience, that means their resume is probably a little thin. So what what makes you willing to bring in an actor to see them? I'm glad you use the expression <laughs> getting into the room because on these blogs that you mentioned that I write for um, casting networks, by the way, I have tons of blogs. If anyone wants to go to workshops.berlancasting.com, you can read my blogs that I write for mm-hmm. casting networks. And one of them is... Um, the Room Where It Happens, which is a Hamilton song. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. So you want to get into that room, but then what do you do when you're in the room? You have to show up a certain way, and it, you have to show up with confidence and not fake confidence. Mm-hmm. And you can only show up with confidence when you know the technique, whether it's commercial, film, television, theater, if you know the technique, you're going to show up with confidence. But what if you have a thin resume? Let's say you're really good. You've got natural talents. You learned the technique, but you haven't been out there much yet. You're just getting started. Well, that's where commercials, that's where you have an opportu- more of an opportunity commercially than film and television. Okay. You can be called in with a thin resume. Because it could be a certain look mm-hmm. or a, you know, some kind of special skill. And we're more forgiving commercially. Okay. That's great. Now, what do you specifically look for on a resume when you bring somebody in? Is it, besides if they have a look, um, what other skills might jump out at you for a project? Well, I get a breakdown for each job. Mm-hmm. Um, a breakdown means that the producer and the director write out what they're looking for in this character. And it includes the age range. And then it goes into a feel of the character. Uh, the character feels upscale. The character has um, a great ability for improv. Mm-hmm good at comedy, good at drama, because in this quick commercial piece, they, they look, they feel pain, for instance. Mm-hmm. So depending on what's, what I'm looking for, that's what I look for on the resume. Okay. And generally, though, I'll look to see experience. So I'll naturally, if 
they have television, I'll look to see what shows they've been on. If they're film, what type of films they've been on. Mm-hmm. If they're, you should not list your commercials. You say list upon request. I will look at who you're studying with and also what drama school or college you went to. I'll look all the way down the resume. Mm-hmm. So if someone went to a good drama department, mm, you know, that's impressive. But then they've been in LA for two years and they're not studying with anyone theatrically. Hmm, that's odd. Right. Because you have to be studying all the time. First of all, it's different in college and out there in the real world. And as an actor, you should want to be studying because, first of all, it's a weekly workout. So you're getting up and you're getting down into those layers Mm -hmm. and you're creating and you should want to be studying. So it's a little odd to me if someone isn't on set a lot, working a lot, if they're not studying. And most people, even when they are working a lot, they still have that person that they study with Mm -hmm. every week when they're not on set. Okay. Just to keep going. Right. Keep that machine well oiled. So exactly. what if you're just starting out literally like you're an aspiring actor, you just maybe you didn't okay. even study it in, in school. You did, You were not in a drama program, but you feel like drawn to this. So where can you get some experience to get that resume going so that someone like you would bring that person in the room? No problem. Uh, commercially, as I said before, there are more opportunities for that. I have many people who come to my commercial acting workshop and they've always wanted to do this. They've Mm -hmm. never been in drama. A lot of them have come out of the military even, or they are lawyers or nurses, or Mm -hmm. I even have doctors studying with me. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and they always felt they wanted to do this. So in this case, they take a commercial workshop. Mine is a commercial acting, quote unquote, workshop. I'll give them shortcuts to acting. And then from there, they they like it and they say, ooh, I really want to get deeper. So they'll go into Donovan Scott's improv class under Mm -hmm. my umbrella, stuff like that. And many of them study from other commercial places and they come to me. So the part of their resume where they're, studying is starts building. You build what you can, what you have control over. Okay. Then when you, yeah, and then you start studying with someone, a drama coach, and or if it's comedy, you go to someone who's good at comedy. And then when you start getting, you can start applying for student films. If I know that your listeners come from really all over the world, (laughs) but right in LA and New York and many places in Europe, there are um, schools, colleges, universities, drama places where there's also film schools. So you want to find the good film schools that make films. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. you get into one or several of those films and you start building up your resume that way. You can also start doing your own content now. Oh yeah. But just be very, mm -hmm, and just be very careful that 
if it's not professionally shot, that it looks professional because there's nothing worse than a home video that you're putting out there as professional. (laughs) Right. So, but I do like that you brought that up, that in today's world, I mean, people are coming up with these skills. They have their own YouTube channels. They become influencers like out of nowhere. And so there are, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. lots of opportunities to do your own content. Exactly. There are now managers who are just managing influencers. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they want to get them to the big, big top theatrical agencies like the William Morris, UTA, CAA here in the United States. And then they first have to take some acting classes. Well, right, right. And actually, that's a, that's a point I want to make. Like, I bet there are seasoned actors out there who are like, hey, that's not cool. That's not fair. Like this person got popular on YouTube and now they're jumping into my world and I've been studying this for 20 That's years. That's right. And it's the new, it's what's happening right now and things evolve and that's what's evolving now. And you can't try to buck it. You right. have to know what's happening and then know how to work with it, around it and be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Adapt, adapting. So what about headshots? You have to have a good professional headshot. Your best friend and neighbor won't take the kind of picture that's going to pop out. There has to be truth in the eyes, connection in the eyes. There has to be um, a subtle feeling and little attitude behind the face behind just the skin on the face and the smile. We we have to see something that's going on in you. So a good photographer will sometimes do improv or acting exercises with you or talk you through it to loosen you up Mm -hmm. and get out your most valuable attitude, the essence of who you are. I love it. And you'll get a better picture like people who start studying the commercial acting with me, the new people, they want to rush out and get a picture right away. And I'll say, or they'll say, I don't have a picture yet. Can I still take it? Yes, you can. And in fact, don't take your picture. Don't have a professional photo taken until a couple of weeks or weeks after we start. Get to know yourself a little bit because as good as that photographer is, the more that you know yourself, you can work with the photographer. Right. And you have to look like your picture. I've seen really good photographers get very, especially theatrically, get very, a good theatrical picture from an actor, like a very intense feel. And that actor is not that person at all. So it will do everyone who's listening no good to get the most amazing photo and then not be able to live up to that, Mm. what that photo is portraying. Wow, that's a big statement. So stay realistic. And when you get those photos done, don't get them overtouched either, right? 
That's right. Yeah. So when you walk in the room, they're like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Good representation. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. What about demo reels? What are your uh, tips on those? Um, putting one together, especially for the people just starting out or for people who are seasoned and have tons of spots, like what should go on? What shouldn't go on? Well, naturally, uh, the people who are listening who are just starting out, you don't have a demo reel yet. You know, don't be hard on yourself. It's a process. Work up to a demo reel. And you can get one of these demo reels through booking one of these films, student films that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you do want, your goal is to have a demo reel. Now, it used to be that people would just put their demo reels on their theatrical breakdowns, the theater, film, and television, mm-hmm. and not their commercial breakdown. And for years, I was one of the first people, I'm a guest at many venues on panels, and I will always told people, you will have a competitive edge if you put your demo reel on your commercial breakdown system also we i if someone if my client is looking for something a little dramatic if they're looking for humor whatever they're looking for i ask everyone to include their reels if they have it i will definitely look at a reel for a moment it just takes a moment so the people who are listening who have a lot of content and have it on their theatrical, I implore you to also put it on the commercial side. It will give you a competitive edge over the person who doesn't have Mm -hmm. a reel. Your reel should only be like a minute. And if you have a body of work that's drama and comedy, don't mix them. If you have enough of a body of work, separate them and have them loaded onto your breakdown services separately. So if I'm looking for comedy, I just click on the comedy, for instance. Mm-hmm. Great. And you said you look at them for a moment. Do you actually watch the entire reel if they're a minute long, sometimes if they're a minute and a half long, or do you just watch the very first two spots or two, two clips? In a moment, I can tell whether you're absolutely wrong, and then I just go on. In a moment, I can tell if there's something that's right, and then I will look further. Mm -hmm. And then I see very quickly, yes, you're right. Boom. You get moved into the possibility of the casting session in the Mm -hmm. system that we use. Now, I want to say you said wrong or right, and I want people out there listening to understand that it doesn't mean that you're you're a wrong actor. It means that you're not right for that role. Thank you for mentioning that. In fact, in one of my blogs, I write about rejection should not be part of your vocabulary. Uh If you didn't, if, yeah, if you did not, for instance, if you get called into the audition and then you didn't make the call back, don't feel rejected. You gave us a good audition. Not everyone can be called back, and there's many, many variables that are out of your control as to why you won't be called back out of your control. Right. Because the blog that is up there right now, the very newest blog, and again, they can see it on workshops.berlincasting.com, 
is about, um, I think it's six or seven things that you don't have control over mm. um, as to why you might not. It's called luck is where opportunity meets preparation. To understand luck is to eliminate stress. And for instance, you might, the essence of you might feel too scale. So you did a great job, but mm, you're a little too upscale for this. Mm -hmm. So a general physical look, here's what I broke it down in the blog, and then people can read specific personality traits. And um, another thing is being in the right place at the right time. You might not be available for the shoot date, so that eliminates you. Mm-hmm. I was just casting a film, and there was a specific character, and there's an actor who works for another casting director in where I work, and I was at my computer picking people for this role. He walked by my office. I looked up, and we said, good morning. And I went, oh, my God, he's perfect for this role. I didn't even (laughs) think of him. (laughs) So being in the right place Mm. at the right time. That's big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, like you said, these are all examples of things that you cannot control. So you have to get to this mindset of that confidence, um, understanding that there is going to be rejection and it's not always personal, and to be able to just keep moving forward with your craft and to enjoy it. That's right. There is several elements to being successful and you just mentioned them. There's the actual technique and there's a different technique for each venue, commercial, film, television, voiceover. And then there's a mindset because you could sabotage yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you have to keep a very positive mindset. So yeah. those two elements have to work together. Yeah. And I think being realistic, too, with your own personal expectations, it's like a lot of people think that they're just going to go out and they're immediately going to start booking jobs. And it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes it does, but then there will be times when you're on a booking spree and then nothing happens. And again, it may not be personal. It's just whatever the, the client's looking for. And you just may not happen to be a fit. Yes, and as an actor... What is success? It it's not like you just said. Very realistic to, especially in the beginning. Yeah, you could say I want to be an A list film star, but if you're going to beat yourself up because you're not, that's really really bad for yourself, and you should leave. It's really mm-hmm. bad in the beginning. Like actors are just so happy and feel very, very accomplished if they found the right support group, meaning the right people to study with, for Mm -hmm. instance. Mm -hmm. If they're found the agent, they might not be booking yet, but yay, I'm accomplished. I've accomplished something. I have a really good agent. I've accomplished something. I had auditions this week. I've accomplished something. I did. I felt really good at these auditions. I've accomplished something. And I hear people who, for instance, come to the larger markets from smaller places, regional markets, like they'll come to LA or New York from 
small regional market and this actor is feeling great. They've accomplished all these things. They have a job that's supporting them so they can go out on auditions and can study. They are in the process, but the people at home, their friends who don't understand the acting career says, but what did you book? But how much money are you making? But, and it's not about that to the actor, especially, especially in the beginning or or all the way through. They find ways to support their passion, the thing that makes them tick. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that you said that, that there are there tend to be people around you who don't understand the acting profession in general, no matter what branch of acting it is. And they tend to say, well, what have you booked? Well, how much money are you making? And then they just are like, well, that should just be your hobby. And I've had people say that to me, and it drives me bananas because, no, no this is what I it's love. It's not your hobby. It's your makeup. It's your, you're made up creatively. Yes. And this is what keeps you alive. Yes, And you'll do other things to do this. And this is the way you choose to lead your life. And there are people who don't understand that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about actors like, I think Morgan Freeman didn't actually book his first big role, huge role until he was like well into his 50s. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Morgan Freeman, I was in New York at this ad agency. Morgan Freeman used to do voiceovers. He used to come in. I used to direct him doing voiceovers. I know. And he was so special. And then when he did start getting bigger and he still came in and he said, okay, what do you want me to do? And I, I'd say, uh, Morgan, do you really want me to direct you? <laughs> he said, yeah, I do in this. That's so, so cool. Um, he stayed humble. Even, yes, even commercially, you, well, let's, Someone, it runs all over the place, the progressive girl, okay? Yes. You know, she wasn't, she didn't book something for a long, 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 long time. I mean, she was not very happy (laughs) for a while, getting kind of disillusioned, and then she booked this. And then boom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Although now she's kind of stuck in that. People just know her as that. So it's probably difficult for her to do other roles and have people see her as anything but the progressive girl. Yes. There are two signs to, sides to the coin. She's making a lot, a lot of money. So do you want to make a lot of money and get into that? She's probably been bought out. So she can't do other. She would have to have been bought out. So she can't do other commercials. Mm-hmm. which is tons and tons and tons of money. Right. Um, when I did the Taco Bell Chihuahua voice, it got into that kind of, those kind of details. So you, it's like the golden handcuffs. Make a lot of money, <laughs> and, you're, and then you can't do other things. You're stuck. Right. Well, I would take it, though. I would take it. <laughs> golden handcuffs. I love I that. I would, too. <laughs> I would, too. Yeah. I'm curious, what is the most rewarding, or if there are a few huge rewarding parts to your job, what are they? What pops into your mind? Booking people, definitely. Um, definitely, even if the person doesn't book, to be able to stand next to them and say, you really did a great job. Mm-hmm. Being supportive of the position that I happen to have. Um, in the number of people, and I'm only a little speck on the spectrum. You know, I'm a little piece of dust. You know, I can't bring in that many people. There's 
years and years and years and many, 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 many casting directors, but I have many people thanking me of how what I did for them changed their life. Absolutely. That's so cool. It's it's satisfying because there's a lot of other crap that I have to deal with. Yes. Well, you said that you're just a speck of dust, but I I have to disagree. You're a huge uh, piece of this wheel that turns, and you are the liaison to the client in so many ways, and so you are the front line to choosing talent. Yes, but there are a lot of cogs in the wheel of the entire if an actor is looking for who can help them, which is, hmm, that's another great subject, actually. Right. Because just keep putting it out there. Just have good relationships with everyone you meet, even an assistant, because they become a casting director at some point. Mm-hmm. The person running the outside of the audition room. Everybody is part of the process, by the way who we depend on and everyone can make a remark and, and it comes, the audition will come from left field. Sometimes I was casting a film. It was like an industrial film mm-hmm. and there was one main character and there was an actor who I brought in for on camera and voiceover. And he started really concentrating more on his voiceover I did not call him in because there was nothing right for him. I would guess five years. This film came in front of me and his name was the first name that came into my mind. And I got in touch with him, sent him an email. I said, I think you're perfect for this. Will you come in and audition? I only had about 10 people audition for the role. And he said, yes. And he emailed back. He said, I'm really surprised that I heard from you. I haven't heard from you in years. (laughs) So just keep the relationships going. Mm -hmm. There's lots of very important cogs in the wheel, all these people. And you never know where it's going to come from. Totally. And also... It meaning your audition or your opportunity is going to come from. It's for me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the client may not always pick the person that you as the casting director would pick, right? You may recommend, hey, this this is my number one choice. This is my number two choice actor for this role. And the client may, may pick number five. Let me just adjust that a little bit. I agree. They don't many, many, many times pick who I would want. Number one. Number two, as a commercial casting director, they do not ask us our first, second, or third choices. Oh, that's good to all. know. Yeah, not at all. In so, fact, I'm yeah. working on a job right now, and there were about 40 choices per character. And my producer said to me, well, who are the seven that you like? And I said, I hesitate to tell you that because, Some are a little younger, some are a little older, some are a little more serious, some are a little lighthearted. I don't really, I'm not into your exact, exact end concept or vision. So as a commercial casting director, we stay away from that. Mm -hmm. Um, Voiceover too, like I just did a video game, I do films that... They don't really, more theatrically, they will say, the casting director works closer with the producer and the director theatrically. 
okay. for theater, film, and television where they do have more of, they sit there and have discussions with them. Mm. Why this one would be better than that one. This one has more depth. This one has depth here, but I feel they'll change in their life. Discussions like that, but commercially, no. The director is brilliant at what he does, the producer, the writer, and the art director, and they take it away really after we give them good choices that are on the mark. That's great to know. That's such good information. Now, I'm curious about your book, Breaking Into Commercials. I would love for you to tell us a quick blurb about it and why people should pick it up right now. Well, it really this book really goes into the depth of who's behind the scenes and the rhythm of the commercial world so you understand better and know what to expect. The more that you understand the more confident you're going to show up, the more educated that you are. And I know when people come study commercial acting technique with me, the most valuable time they have with me is for me to, on camera, really give them notes and teach them the acting technique of of auditioning for commercials. So you don't really want to pay much to be in a class where they go into the whole business behind the business and who are the players. So it'll be very valuable for you to know who are the players, what to expect, what are contracts, how to do that part of it right, rather than it's just very, you'll show up much more confidently. Mm -hmm. And I love that, that you can buy the book, get all of the business information you need so you feel empowered about the process. You kind of have that education of how it all works so that you're not completely in the dark, like super green. And then when you go into an actual workshop or a class, then you can really dive into the technique, which is the nuts and bolts of what's going to make you great once you get into that Right. Like my office is at a studio that has six studios. And if all six studios are going, that reception area, when you open that door, <laughs> is, can be very crowded. Mm-hmm. And you can feel, the actor, the talent can feel very intimidated. But when you know, for instance, the information that's in this book of how you fit in, how important you are, it goes into, as a casting director, I'll just give you little nuggets. We are nothing without good actors. You have to believe that and you have to know why. Why are we nothing without good actors? Why, when you see 75 people signing in at this particular audition, why is your one minute, two minute, five minute audition time, why is it very important to us? It is. We're depending on you. Mm-hmm. So when you understand all this and you walk into a very either crowded reception area or something about it intimidates you because it feels important to you, the more that you know and understand about the things we just talked about, it's all in this book, breaking into commercials, you will walk in with confidence. So at least you start out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
know, on a good foot. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. So everybody, I'm going to once again put that link into the show notes so you can pick up that book. And um, I'm just curious, Terry, do you work one-on-one with people? Do you do private coaching or is it mainly just your workshops because you're busy also casting projects all of the time? Yeah, I'll do private voiceover via Skype, but to the on-camera, first of all, I, I don't do private and it's not as good for you. It's much better to be in an environment with other talent because mm-hmm. the way that I teach it, you can see on the monitor what's working, what's not working, what a beat is, what a mm-hmm. beat works, how everything comes together. Yeah. And again, it's workshops.berlandcasting.com. Got it. Everybody out there listening, you can hear the passion that Terry has for what she does. And Terry, I got to say thank you so much. I know you're such a busy lady, and um, I really appreciate you carving out some time to do this interview and to share your wisdom with the audience of Nothing Off Limits. Thank you. My pleasure. Absolutely. Everybody out there listening, once again, BerlandCasting.com is the main website. And if you want to read her blog or check out her upcoming workshops, workshops.berlandcasting.com. Awesome. Have a great day, Terry. Thank you. You too. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.